0: What's the lava lamp of 2022?
1: Is it just LED strips?
0: Maybe, but those have been around before now, right? Oh, they've
1: been around for quite a while, but have we progressed? Have we progressed beyond LED strip?
0: Well, I feel like it's something more like digital.
1: What would Portia from White Lotus be lighting her room with? Right. What? Are we
0: just talking about a lighting though? I feel like the lava lamp was more than a light. It's like a... well, it's vibe. It's it's vibe. light
1: plus vibe, which right LED strip hologram. Hologram. We're not. Does Portia have a hologram?
0: We're not quite at hologram, but I think Maybe it we'll will find be. out. It, hopefully.
1: I do have to, you know what? If I, I don't know. I'm proud of myself. Uh-huh. I called the cowboy.
0: Oh, are we talking about White Lotus? The I've been TV talking show? about White Lotus. Yeah, I've been talking. To- yeah, talk- yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no spoilers here, but yeah, if you haven't seen White Lotus, it's a great show. High recommendation.
1: Trigger warning.
0: Sp- Spoiler White Lotus warning. Spoilers. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you called what happened in the plot. Yes. I did. You good film I, analysis. I mean, great success. Yeah, you paid attention.
1: I did pay attention. Far I paid more attention than the rest to the to the show. <laughs> you were like, it's weird. It's so weird.
0: No, no, no. Yeah. I, I, I knew that there. I was like, there's something. I feel like that I'm kind of missing. And you were, you knew that the guy you remembered from first season. Yeah, that the guy was a cowboy. I did. Remember From Wyoming. This. Yep. So the big reveal you saw coming.
1: I saw it happening.
0: And I mean, they lead you to know that there's something going on with him. Oh, for sure. But what exactly? I didn't realize that they planned that far ahead. They planted a clue.
1: Uh, you know? Yeah, one episode ahead of time.
0: Well, no, for se- a whole season, right?
1: Well, I mean, that's not a clue from a season ago. It wasn't like, I'm a cowboy and I'm up to no good.
0: I think he was like, I'm a cowboy from season one, though, right? Yeah. And he's from Wyoming.
1: Yeah. All they did was reference a plot point from the first season. (laughs) That's not like.
0: Honestly, that's. I'm just saying, maybe you're like, that's not too much to ask, but like, think about how much bad writing in TV shows. That's. I would. I appreciate, you know, something that, like further confirms the world building. You know?
1: Yeah. Well, that's just like, that's just... They're just trying. That's try. just referring back.
0: I appreciate it. Yeah. Points for referring. <laughs>
1: Referral points?
0: Sometimes it just feels like with shows like, you know, it just feels like they just are, aren't trying that hard. Have to, forgotten. To, like, create a cohesive, you know... Universe.
1: Yeah, sometimes you like know, like
0: they. It feels like they have a new staff of writers, and maybe they do. You know,
1: a lot of times,
0: it's why it's bad. That's why. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's a good show. Everyone should watch it. Uh, I'm Summer Krinsky I'm Scott Murphy. This is I don't heart radio.
1: And this could be your next favorite band.
0: Um, you kind of chilled me out with that song.
1: Oh, it's a chill one. Today. Yeah. We've been doing a lot of rippers. Uh huh.
0: Today's a chiller.
1: We're going down. All right. Because that's part of, you know, putting together any good playlist.
0: You got highs, you got lows. You You got to have fast fast
1: and And slow, both kinds.
0: It's important. All right. So who was that?
1: (laughs) Callie. It's K A L L E. They are from the Czech Republic. Oh, cool. Hitting up. The old Czech Republic again.
0: Again, Josephina Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Right. Memorable. Very different, I would yes, say. Yeah,
1: that, that was the fast. Yeah, that, that was, was the, the other fast kind. The, of music. Each
0: country produces both fast and slow music. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I really so the thing is I played like one song for you, uh-huh. and it's really hard to get a feel for them through one song. It's a it's a really satisfying full album listen. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah.
0: I mean, and the whole album's out because I feel like often you're bringing like a single. Oh, so as of
1: this come. moment, I played something off of their first album for you. Uh huh. Um, Saffron Hills. The newest album is their third album, Under the Black Moss, and that is coming out as of this moment.
0: Oh, cool. Okay.
1: Um, and yeah, it's out. I listened to the whole thing. Uh-huh. I listened to all, their whole discography last night. Wow. So I'm a little bit. You went hard. Mm, yep. Uh, so Black Moss, it's out as of last week, and it's great.
0: Okay. Tell yeah. me more about who they are.
1: <laughs> so they are, uh, let's read the Bandcamp copy sure. you know, for Black Moss. Okay. Uh, the third album in a row by this authorial couple is probably the darkest in its mood. Um, the album is made up of Veronica Zemanova and David Zeman, you know, two uh, double vocalist action going.
0: Yeah, it's it's cool to have the two different, like very different voices.
1: Very different, and um, I do. There's something. Uh, her voice is so nice. It's got the um, kind of haunting. It's got the haunting. It's uh, for anyone like looking for like a referral point. It's kind of like the Joanna Newsom like elf thing uh-huh. a little bit, but chiller. Okay. A little more, a little more of a put you to sleep.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. definitely a like a slow down song like if you need a if you need to slow your like a, if your brain is racing it feels like a slow down kind of band
1: yeah good old slow brain <laughs> so third album uh, find that it shines brightest in the entire discography despite its dark moods uh, as it is in the darkness that we see the light with most intense with most intensity um, there's uh, it's a uh, Enigmatic world of red lakes, mysterious forest walks, and unexpectedly dystopian scenes that perhaps ooze the anxiety of our times. That's pretty good.
0: Yeah. Ooze that anxiety. <laughs> Release the anxiety. Well, slowly. Uh-huh.
1: You know, just y- you kind of like let it out. You cover yourself with it, like with a fine coat hmm. of anxiety ooze. Sure. <laughs> People just kind of know. Uh, A chilling concentration hovers over it all, paradoxically not lacking a strong atmospheric passion. If David is water, Veronica is fire. The symbiosis of these elements in this musical blend in the context is something quite unique. And I agree. They they approach songs from very different angles, which is really interesting. Like when you listen through an entire album, like within the same song, the structures are very... Um, each song is kind of an exploration of one set of instruments and textures and structure, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel repeaty throughout it. Usually, because of their they approach like this one, um, like monolithic blob of sound from two different angles, and I think that that.
0: What are the different angles?
1: Oh, I mean, it's two different angles per song.
0: Oh, uh, but you mean that she, like the two of them, have a different angles, right? Yeah. So is there like a a consistency to hers versus his? No. Okay. You just mean it's always just two, two perspectives yep. kind of colliding. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I could see that. It it kind of felt like there was like a verse trade going on, and then like a point where they're also coming together. Um yeah. Is that like a consistent thing throughout? It no. Does? Okay. <laughs> no, it's just on that song. Yeah. So is it like some songs feature just?
1: Yeah, yeah, there's like some, some hit, there's like some there's like some ones. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's interesting. I've definitely I've played in bands that are like the the two two different singers and I think it can be really um it can be really cool to have two different it almost feels like two different bands that then are always right. performing with this like But it's just the two of them, right? There's not, uh, are there other members?
1: So they get a big band together for live shows. And I watched a bunch of live videos. And again, like super engaging. Uh, And I think if anyone wants to check it out, there's the acoustic sessions, um, Cali with acoustic band, and that's worth a full watch through. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, and those are just for like special performances. The albums are the two of them, like doing everything. Uh
0: Uh-huh sounds like they really hooked you in
1: oh yeah i'm i'm into it i'm into the cali verse
0: yeah (laughs) um is it always kind of like like what's the like i didn't catch all the lyrics on that like is there like a kind of like i know that it's you know dystopian and ooze of a slow drip (laughs) of anxiety um
1: what so lyrically i'm not um, so it's all in kind of like a like a pigeon English, so, uh-huh. a, which is always interesting, but it's kind of in the same like Bjork world of it's so um, it it puts me in a place, but because it's kind of approaching English from a like creative vantage point. Yeah it doesn't, like, stick with me. Okay. Because, you know, I, I listen through everything, and I wouldn't say there's any... but it There's not, did like a make, line, yeah. There's not a line, but there is, like, an overall mood. The mm-hmm. same way that I, like, listen to Bjork. I, I'm not, like, quoting Bjork constantly. I don't know.
0: Bjork has some, some weird... Because, like, because of the weird approach, sometimes there's, like, a land on, like, a poetic thing that isn't maybe even intended to be poetic, but then, it, like, the way it's phrased is, like... Um, because it's not the way we would normally... It's like a a, a, a oh, absolutely. strange way to get to the same point, and it actually has more insight in the way that, you know, you can kind of, like, hear the thought process in the arrangement of words, and you're like, oh, that's actually... It brings out some some, some sort of um aspect about whatever they're trying to say that's, like, actually... um, Like, wouldn't be able to come across... Yeah, or a native oh, English speaker,
1: and I feel the exact same way about this. Which mm-hmm. isn't to say that because I, I think that it's quite good, and it puts and I feel the same approach. Uh huh. It just doesn't like stick into my brain, right? right because right, it's okay. so like yeah, yeah. You know, uh-huh. same. Uh, you know, same as Bjork. Fucking love it. Yeah. Can't quote it. Uh huh. You know,
0: <laughs> but musically, nothing like Bjork. I would say there. Wasn't yeah, yeah, advice. yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, much uh, w- like wider slower um, dreamier
0: mm-hmm. yeah I'm trying to think of a comparison because it kind of brought me back I don't think you're going to like this comparison but it brought me back to like the times uh, of like the, the fray or wait no not not the fray who was chasing car- snow patrol Ugh. I know you don't like them but that's Hate. where it brought me yeah. to was like the Snow Patrol, like early two thousands. Was that early two thousands? Yeah, maybe it was like mid two thousands.
1: Like two thousand six.
0: Yeah, it brought me to that time. It has a similar similar energy. Whether you you might like this way more than that, but yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, we'll just like a similar fight energy of like off air
0: mel- <laughs> No, we can fight on it. Yeah. You can disagree. I I just I, I thought that there was like a melancholic. It's like a slow pop song yeah yeah, you know? yeah,
1: but the thing is, okay, so like I, I would find Snow Patrol to be like um, fundamentally disingenuous in their approach, especially because they're they're like out of Scotland, and there are so many like sadder Scottish boys that I feel are much more um, honest and it doesn't feel like it's like it's like they're grooming people to feel sorry for them or something.
0: It just. What do you mean? (laughs) You don't think they're really chasing cars out there?
1: No, I don't think they're chasing cars. I think that you know their whole. There was like a huge marketing push, and it was kind of like the 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 grinded up media sausage of like this is the soft boy. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I just always I continue to feel like it's nothing, (laughs) and it sucks.
0: There. What yeah. about the fray?
1: The fray. How to save a life. How to save a life. Same kind. Same of, feel. Same feel.
0: A lot of grinded up nothing boy.
1: Grinded up nothing boy.
0: I don't even know what I, th- I can't. I can't tell you what I think about those things. I have to listen to them again. I haven't listened to them in a uh, long time. Twelve years. <laughs> yeah. But they made an impact. Oh, certainly. Like at any I mean, point, yeah, you're just like.
1: But what about Snow Patrol? What do you think Snow Patrol would think of this? Episode? I am. Yeah.
0: I don't say that often. What do you mean
1: it comes up
0: <laughs> what? when have i said that i think that one time we walked into a gas station yeah and snow patrol was playing and it was recently and i yeah. said huh snow patrol
1: yeah so that's what i'm saying uh-huh. is that they're playing snow patrol in the you know gas stations right on like 95.5 uh-huh the smooth soft boy rock station sure you know This isn't going to get played on
0: Mm 95.5.
1: Too smart. Too smart for 95.5.
0: You think it needs to get boiled down. It has to be
1: boiled down (laughs) into the soft boy broth.
0: I don't know if it has to be necessarily.
1: To be good on (laughs) 95.5?
0: Yeah.
1: All Um, I hear on 95.5 is the broth. Right. 95.5, the broth.
0: The (laughs) broth. We'll start uh, uh, opposite- Podcast where it that we call the broth, where right. we only talk about only radio snow heads. patrol. It's just let's do <laughs>
1: we're gonna start a uh, fucking spin off podcast right now, uh-huh. like after 30 episodes. Yeah, we yeah, need yeah. to we're... get an empire going. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Uh huh.
1: The next one, we're
0: starting a network, yes, a podcast network. network. Um, we'll have my dog host it, he can just squeak into the mic, uh
1: huh. And yes. we say, we,
0: we, we, you know, play uh 10 seconds of snow however much we can play of a snow patrol song without getting sued right and then we have my dog da- we ask him how he felt about it and he squeaks and we try to discern
1: and we that's do this every week
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> just 7 seconds at a time
0: uh-huh <laughs> i think that that it could really that could be the that could be it that's the one that's going to get the most listenership if you want us to keep doing I don't heart radio instead of the broth, make sure you uh, give this podcast five stars and uh, follow it and share it and all those good things. Or else we're just going to be making the broth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Next week, we're going to do this the broth. a threat. It's going to. Yeah. This is a punishment. We're going to let you, you know what the broth, the broth is like.
0: <laughs> we will give you a taste of the broth. And then you can decide. You, listener, decides whether we keep doing this one or do we make a podcast empire. This and the broth. And the broth. Yeah. It could be both. Uh-huh. Why not both? It's like it's like a chain, you know? Like a chain restaurant. The broth. <laughs> we could do the broth with different bands with different dogs.
1: No, it's only Snow Patrol. It's only Snow Patrol? Only, well, what if it's well, like
0: the stew, uh-huh.
1: different huh.
0: different dog? That's the fray. Dog? Yeah, sure. Yeah. And we get, we get, we well, have four dogs. Yeah. So we can make six of the, or five of the, show. I can't do it. We could get Apollo in. We,
1: we could get, we could bring in friends' dogs. Right. And they each get their own podcast. Yeah. That is them reacting uh-huh. to some other, uh, unideal soft boy. Right. Now, what I really love about the Cali stuff is that they are fully thought out albums and, I just found, especially on the um, Under the Black Moss, their newest one, it's I I felt like I was getting it more and more as the album progressed.
0: Like getting the world or getting the
1: the world, the the vibe, the sound, the band, the further I got in, the more I loved it. Uh huh. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I think that that's, like, a really important thing about, like, that that is why I fear the art of the album dying with Spotify being, like, release-only singles. Yeah. Because th- there is a reason, like, there, you know, there's always been singles, there's always been the hits, and there but there's a reason that the, like, the album maintained its form that isn't just selling vinyl or whatever, you know, it's like iTunes started it this thing where you could buy just a song. And right. then people just started buying the singles. And um that was like sort of as I came into as I was like 13 or so, it was like iTunes you could just buy the singles and you didn't have to buy the whole CD. And I, which I think
1: is it's kind of like a negative feedback loop because if you are making like most of your money off of singles, then you have less of a profit motive to make An album, Mm -hmm. you know, so as an artist, it's discouraged, like, from the get-go there, and then the market starts to, like, it's it's an art imitates life, imitates art situation.
0: But I think that there's a, um, like, merit to the form of album, that it's not a, like... Because you could say that, well, if it's getting phased out, it's because you know the market dictates what is the better release strategy or whatever. But like, there's a there's a famous like back when Pitchfork was like everyone read Pitchfork. There was a a review about um, a uh, Purity Ring album, the the one that got really big from Purity. Yeah, Ring, yeah. The Fine Shrine. I, I, the song was on that. I don't remember if that's the album name. Um, I think it was. But the review of that album had a line that I always remember that it was, I'm going to butcher the exact wording, but the.
1: Butcher away.
0: But the, uh, I'm saying I always remember and then I'm going to butcher it. But I I remembered the, uh, you know, message, which was that the album, um, each song in the album is like looking at a sculpture from a different angle.
1: Yeah. And I think that
0: that is what a good album can do. There's like this unique. Brain, oh, there's like there's a central idea, yeah, sen- yeah. That have a message and a story and a and a, a universe that they are constructing the laws of. And by looking at their sculpture from all these different angles, you're finding you get to find out as you go what the physics of it are. Yes. You know. Yeah. Um, and that that's what and and it doesn't mean that there aren't going to be hits that well, only people are going to hear. Some and people there's are just only so much hear.
1: that goes into crafting that, and and that gets into like a core, um, uh, like tenet of Callie's work, where they they're trying to achieve in every song the maximum emotional impact with the, um, the most defined instrumentation possible, because they're all no. like mul- they're both multi instrumentalists, mm-hmm. and it's you like know,
0: economy of words applied yes. to instruments.
1: And mm-hmm. each song has a very limited palette. Yeah. Um, especially on under the black moss but it's a defined palette and then as you run through the album and you get from song to song to song the instrumentation like subtly changes from yeah. like song to song and you start to hear the full like emotional breath of what's being accomplished with a relatively sparse instrumentation and that's the that's the point uh-huh. you know um That's the physics of the album. Right. And it's so, and and it doesn't, you know, in any given album, it, it's, it has a different definition to the physics and finding out what it is, is what's so fun as a listener and what can be fun. Well, I think it's
0: also, it's how you get invited in to be a true fan because like, uh, you know, there are plenty of bands I like that I know a few of their songs. Yeah. But the bands I love, the bands I'm a true fan of are the bands that I feel like I understand a part of them. It's like when you listen to a podcast and you feel like you know the person even if you haven't met them, it's because you feel like you have this connect this deeper you've um experienced a vulnerable and genuine part of them, you know? And um th- when you get to dive into a full album, it, that's the only way it can f- come across, I think, with music. You know, I think yeah. that the, the the full fan connection, <laughs> which is, like, a beautiful connection, you know? It's, like, because music is magical because it's, like, connecting without... I mean, there are words, like, lyrics, but it's not, like... Right. There's it's something to... Resonance
1: th- through invisible particles yeah. vibrating in the air.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. What a thing. What a thing! <laughs> and, and that magic like the, the the depth of it the of a spell can only be cast through the whole world that a album album format builds i mean i i'm not i wouldn't uh, i would welcome a different kind of format that I've never experienced, but I don't think that pure singles um without at least then eventually resulting in an album right. are coming across in a in a i don't think they get the whole message across.
1: Yeah, there's just so much fun in construct, having constructed quite a few albums. It, it's just you're, it's. I feel like there are so many choices that go into putting a record together, mm-hmm. and it's only through, like, close listening from beginning to end that you, like, as a listener, can experience those choices.
0: Yeah. And, and when we talk about like it being the physics of that universe that they've built, it like literally is because it's like the reverbs that you choose to yep. use, like are are defining the rooms. And sometimes it can be different from album to album, which just means there are lots of rooms. Or, yeah. uh, sorry, not album to album, song to song, song, song on the album, but so that's
1: part of the physics. Yeah. Are we you know? in a
0: Are we in a building with many halls, or are we sitting in your garage? In one
1: room, because yeah. <laughs> that's a decision. That's a uh-huh. decision. That's one of the decisions, and. And you can, yeah, you could be, the album is a whole city, you know, it's a different building or a different street from song to song. And those are sweet albums, but you have to, somebody consciously made that decision. Right. I think like when it's still coming across in a way that like this song is over here and this song is over here and then, you know, 12 different neighborhoods.
0: Yeah. Are we going on a tour of the town?
1: (laughs) Or are all of these in the same place? Yeah. And that's it's something that I think that like generally comes across. And once you figure that out, it does give you a different perspective on like where these songs are coming from.
0: Yeah. 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 The person, the place, the time. And, um, like when you deeply relate, when you're able to deeply relate, I think it's because you're able to identify those things and, um, feel like connected with, with a,
1: the creative process. Yeah. You know, you, you're kind of, you get to kind of go through the room, which I mean, as a like a really you know, self-professed Beatles boy, that's I think that's the most fun part of being a Beatles boy yeah. is that you know, you can get into all of the engineers' notes are available, you can start to reconstruct the sessions in your mind and you know that like on Maxwell's Silver Hammer, Paul McCartney giggles because john lennon put his ass against the recording booth
0: window <laughs> he got mooned
1: he got mooned and he, but you can kind of you know that's like a story and then you hear it on the recording and you're like oh i'm i'm there
0: yeah 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 that is magic
1: that is magic
0: see i mean that's that's it's because like when you played this song for me you were like this specifically you were like it comes across more in album form exactly yeah and it's not to say because like Oh, the songs
1: good. Yeah. But what's great are the albums. Yeah. You know, know. Uh, and that's the because it can be it can be hard to see the physics. It can be hard to feel the forced perspective of their work without just going like I'm going to listen to everything. Yeah. You know, and then. Uh, you know, when I'm finding bands and stuff, I, I'm not always compelled to be like, I wonder what it's like live. But I got into album and I was like, ooh, what's the live world like? And that's yeah. exciting. And uh-huh. that's a universe. Is it, and that's is it
0: quite different, too? You said there's a full band. There's a full band.
1: And um, I watched the one concert, the uh, the acoustic session. And it is, it's like a little bit, you know, it's like a live drum kit. Uh-huh. Um, the recordings tend to be a little bit more like electro drum style. Um, there's like a Rhodes, uh, electric piano happening, but it's not, it doesn't feel like it's being used as a Rhodes. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, uh, accomplishing more of like, uh, occasional fill. I don't know. Very interesting. It is quite different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm personally like, I think there's, there's a really, it's super hard to accomplish a total reproduction of, um, a record live, you know, trying to keep it one-to-one. So there's something beautiful about when people can do that, but I personally love when it's a little different live. Yes. Like, I I, I, I think that both things can be, are, or one, diff- difficult. Like, it's difficult to <laughs> reconfigure it for live and yeah. make it different, and it's difficult to make it the same. So both paths are hard and impressive when they're nailed. Um. But, but I do,
1: I do lean towards I different lives.
0: Yeah, because you know, it, at least having nice speakers myself. Sometimes I don't want to go to a concert. Sometimes when the con- you know, if a concert also is at a place that doesn't necessarily sound so good, which is most places, a lot of places, and then it's like I could have just played this.
1: Right, I could have just, I could have, I could have just stayed home. I want like a show. I want you a know? show
0: personally. Yeah, so that's cool. Um, definitely makes me a little more intrigued to know it's a little different (laughs) um are we on to the next
1: yeah i mean we're on to the next so the last time we did a uh a czech artist we did like a book report so i do remember
0: yeah yeah talked about the metamorphosis
1: we talked about uh josephina and her tiny song we talked about kafka
0: Right. Okay. Right. Sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The mouse that sings.
0: Uh-huh. Yes. Not the
1: man who turns into a slug.
0: Okay. Yeah. 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 But same yeah. writer. Same writer. Okay.
1: Uh. So, book report time. I've had um. I've had Breakfast of Champions like on my the forefront of my brain for the last week. The Kurt. Uh,
0: the Vonnegut. Vonnegut. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh. Which I think, I mean, you've read.
0: Yeah, I think so. I've read a lot of Vonnegut. I I'm very bad at remembering. Who's which books which I think I've read Breakfast Breakfast of Champions Yeah Uh,
1: Well it's the one that follows Kilgore Trout on his journey Yeah I've read it Okay Yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I just
0: I've read a few of them so I was trying to remember Oh for sure My most recent one was the one with Ice Nine
1: That's Cat's Cradle Right Okay Yeah
0: But I have read I've read the other.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is like a real loose, like everyone just like kick your shoes off. We're doing book club uh-huh. at I Don't Heart Radio. It looked like you were actually considering kicking your shoes off. You you <laughs> yeah, were looking I mean, at your you be like, should I? Yeah. See, so that's the power.
0: Uh-huh. Oh of, I'm listening. Yeah. I'm following your instructions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh so you know, we're talking about a book. Okay. Um Vonnegut in general. So i I'm a big Vonnegut fan, or at least writer. like I was. Yeah. I think uh super comical you know, transition from lib to rad lib uh-huh. as a seventeen year old. you right. You know? Uh-huh. Uh the I, I also think he's like the cutoff for like what white guy writer you can identify with and not maybe be a school shooter risk. <laughs> oh no.
0: What do you mean by that?
1: <laughs> well, okay. Vonnegut. Like, heyday through the mid-70s. Yeah. And then we start to enter the, as far as just, like, white male author men. Yeah. Then we start to hit, like, your 80s, Brett Easton Ellis, Chuck Palahniuk, the, the edgy boys.
0: Is Chuck Palahniuk bad? Doesn't he just write, like... Oh, wait, oh. wait, wait. He's just, uh, he's Fight Club.
1: He's Fight Club. Yeah. And I'm not, no, I'm not saying that he's bad. But he's... I'm not, I'm just saying... Okay. As far as like your Has it ability,
0: maybe inspired some people who are bad.
1: Oh, certainly. Well, because <laughs> of like misreadings, because right, like okay. you know, you write the thing and you're like, okay, this is a veiled like the critique on like you know Western men and their need to be violent in order to confirm their masculinity, and actually, it's like a joke. But you know, you read it and you're like,
0: sounds pretty cool. What if
1: I just beat the shit what out if of I people? What if I just started fight? What club? if I just started fight club? Uh-huh this isn't an indictment. I'm not canceling anybody. Uh-huh. It's just that there's like a pure of heart cutoff. And I think that Vonnegut defines it. Right. Okay, sure. The the David Foster Wallace. Uh-huh. We're like, ah, uh, you've read, t- now you're, these you are too many too words. <laughs> these are too many words and I'm concerned. Uh-huh. You There's too much happening up here and not enough out here.
0: Uh-huh. And I'm worried. Okay. Yeah. Vonnegut's like a nice guy. Uh-huh. I mean, he's definitely the the humor. I would say is like m- like very. It's it's very few books can make me laugh out loud. Yeah, and Vonnegut always makes me laugh out loud. He's got the jokes. It's, it's just like an odd humor. That oh, it's
1: the midwestern thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess in the I think it's like the characters, the 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 kinds of names are always like I don't know. They're just it's cartoonish.
1: Dwayne Hubler. Yeah. <laughs> Kilgore Trout. Uh-huh. Yeah. Billy Pilgrim.
0: So you, you've you been going back.
1: I've been going back uh, into the Breakfast of Champions world. That was always my favorite one, mm-hmm. which it's also interesting because it's one of um, in the history of Vonnegut um, because there was, you know, uh, Slaughterhouse-Five. That's the biggie, you know? Yeah. And
0: did I just read that one?
1: Man. So that's the unstuck in time, World War II, right? Right, Billy Pilgrim. Uh huh. Yeah,
0: it's actually not my favorite of
1: them. Right, but that so that's that's very interesting uh-huh. because that's uh, it's the that's the critical acclaim one.
0: Right, you know that's yeah, like yeah, see, yeah. That's, that's like the, the pinnacle uh-huh.
1: of uh of Vonnegut, uh, because I think that like one of his first books was Player Piano. It's fine. Uh, And then he kind of, you know, wrote like essays and stuff, then got into the Cat's Cradle is like early 60s. And that's like, you know, burgeoning acclaim for a young science fiction author. And then he hits him with this, you know, the second album, so to say, that's Slaughterhouse-Five. That's like endless, you know, the well from which he can drink for the rest of his career. Uh Uh-huh. And he started writing Breakfast of Champions, like, right away. Took a really long time. Like, I, I think it's his biggest gap between novels, like, during the, like, productive years of his career. Uh-huh. And, like, really, really, really worked at it, worked at it, worked at it, worked at it. And then later, unlike um, a career retrospective that he did, he was like, Breakfast of Champions, it's a C you know like it's uh i well, don't like he's really not proud of he's it. not proud of it but i think that it stands as as far as like in my opinion and then like other uh you, you know when you read through like it gets like a whole lot of love from a Uh, From like a subsect of people, Mm -hmm. like more so than Slaughterhouse Five. We were
0: having this conversation with uh, bands recently, and like not to say the names, but we were talking to some other musicians. This is is one of the reasons I was thinking about this book. Yeah, about we were talking about um, some musicians saying that like when they're so like their favorite album that they worked on was not the album that received the most like success. Yeah and feeling like a disconnect and 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 i think it was like we were saying that some of like some of the things we think are like like looking at an artist catalog a lot of times like you'll read an interview and they'll say which one they think is their you know their baby their yeah. child yeah, yeah yeah yeah, the the one and uh it's like you as a you know subjective listener in that you are like
1: on the one hand it's subjective a, but opinion. on the other hand you're not inside the process yeah and it, and, and you're it like it seems like
0: a different one the not baby is the clear better album yeah and that's kind of a weird thing to wrap your head around as a maker of things the concept that like the one that is your baby is maybe not the best
1: right and it's like Slaughterhouse 5 is Awesome. I mean, it's like time travel. There's the Trough Medorians. Billy Pilgrim is a fun character. The the like heartbreaking, firebombing of Dresden stuff. Like Vonnegut working. Wait, is
0: Slaughterhouse Five the one with Ice Nine? No. No.
1: That's Cat's Cradle.
0: Okay, I'm sorry. I'm okay.
1: No, that's okay. That I, was I, my
0: favorite one. Oh, Cat's Cradle I is also had. It also had a made up religion.
1: Uh, Bacchanan.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's it. Okay, yeah. that one's that's okay. That one is my favorite. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um a-, a cat's cradle is great. That's like a um it's about Cuba, basically. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh is the start of like you know, Vonnegut's like, what if we what if we were just like killing all these people all over the place? Mm-hmm. Um but uh Breakfast of Champions has the the whole meta narrative thing. Uh, because Vonnegut is a character as the author, and then he writes himself into the story at the end. Um, Like, that combined with his, like, really full-formed Midwestern grumpy man that's just running throughout the entire thing. He's... uh, uh, the, The premise, like, the central tenet is that Kilgore Trout is a failed science fiction writer who... Uh, a, Kilgore Trout is a recurring character in the Vonnegut verse. Right, yeah. Um, he's in Slaughterhouse-Five, um, but he exists as kind of a stand-in for how Vonnegut feels about himself, um, because he's a... He's Despite
0: a, being quite successful in his time, right? It wasn't like he became successful after he died. Right. But... Uh,
1: Well, there was a time. There was like a twelve-year period where he was not so successful. Okay. Like prior to Slaughterhouse. Okay. Okay. So uh, Kilgore Trout is like this, like uh, Vonnegut before critical acclaim. So Uh all of his works are published uh, solely in uh, uh, pornos.
0: Right. Yeah. Like he's
1: only printed in dirty magazines. Uh That's the only place his work has ever been published, and no one actually reads it. Um with the exception of Elliot Rosewater, who's a wacky Midwestern-like oil baron uh-huh. uh, and fail son. He's like one of the first fail sons. His uh, Rosewater father had built the empire, and then all Elliot Rosewater wants to do is like uh, be a volunteer fireman, is his, uh, his big dream, but uh-huh. they won't let him fight fires. Uh, <laughs> but he's... Profoundly moved by the works of Kilgore Trout that he uh-huh. reads in his uh, uh his pornos, so Elliot Rosewater exchanges his like priceless piece of art in order to get a seat at the table for the local arts festival in Midland, Ohio, uh-huh. uh, and um, he uses his power to offer Kilgore Trout, his favorite author, a speaking gig. At the, um, you know, uh, at his local. This sounds like Midwestern strange things fest. that happen as you are in, yeah.
0: you know, a creator that's passionate that's trying to get some people to care, and then some people do care, and then you get offered some, you know, odd gigs around the world. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> so Kilgore Trout gets this, uh, you know, this invitation, and he goes like, "Why does anyone want me to come out?" and talk to them they're Mm -hmm. clearly stupid (laughs) but you know what uh i will do it because i'm going to tell them a story about an artist who went to discover the meaning of life and didn't find doodly squat
0: right yeah Yeah. okay this is all coming back
1: yeah 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 and that's his core motivation he goes like across the country um he's like uh he doesn't have any money so he's just hitchhiking Uh you know Uh, And he's like, okay, I need to get to Ohio uh, from New York and I need to find a porno that has one of my books in it because I don't keep any copies because I hate my work and I hate myself and they mean nothing to me. uh, So I I burn every copy after I send it in. So I have to find like the ideal story to present at this uh, at this festival. And I'm going to tell him that life is dumb and that's um and and that is like the pointed like uh the crucible of vonnegut's grumpiness
0: uh-huh. like She's just condensed <laughs>
1: yeah life is dumb i went looking for a meaning and i didn't find doodly squat and i feel like that is the the mo- the, the furthest he pushes that edge uh, in any of his works, because Kilgore Trout it like exists in other stories, but he's never at this like peak grump. Uh-huh. Uh, and as he travels across the country, he starts to meet people. Uh, a truck driver hauling something like seventy two t- tons of olives, and he he takes pride in getting the olives from places to uh, from place to place. He meets a uh, self employed. Traveling salesman who is the happiest person in the entire novel because he doesn't have a boss. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we start to see Kilgore Trout slowly become more human as he travels across the country to do this festival that he wants to tell everyone is, you know, meaningless. Right, right. And this transformation uh, from cynic to like human being is profoundly human Mm -hmm. and the and is the like if you're going to go searching for meaning and find something more than doodly squat that's like the whole point is to like interact with other people
0: yeah which
1: juxtaposes with the increasing solipsism of Dwayne Hoover the like main character
0: Right, who runs like a tire store?
1: It's a it's a car dealership. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah.
0: I have some memory. It's been years. Yeah.
1: So it's and that's like the whole. I I, I love this book because it's the the uh, the juxtaposition of uh, Kilgore Trout to Dwayne Hoover, one of whom is recovering from solipsism, and the other is descending into solipsism. Uh huh. Uh. Dwayne Hoover is you know a member of the community. He's wealthy he runs a car dealership he is uh you know having multiple affairs he is uh becoming increasingly detached from reality um through like his stressful life plus uh as it's described in the book bad chemicals in his brain um and he's starting to like actively hallucinate yeah he like, like starts
0: to go through like a mental break right
1: yes uh, and then the whole thing is that for the first like 200 pages of the book, he's uh, he's hallucinating like ducks directing traffic. he's having bizarre fights with like close friends and relatives. and they don't see a difference in his behavior like despite his like increasing like personal derangement right the it's uh every single interaction that he has, uh, no one, is existing outside of themselves enough to see someone in clear distress. Uh Uh-huh. Which, I mean, I I feel... So that's the... When we're looking at, like, the the legacy of Vonnegut's work uh, and what is the most, like, prescient to modern life and what gets picked up on by, like, people writing, like, modern comedies and modern sci-fi and everything. Like, these core like central tenets that are like fully fleshed out in this book are are probably resonated with the most in like modern um you know uh critique and like art and writing and everything
0: Mm -hmm. well i mean i think with the like the internet and people just having less you know in-person interactions be you know especially like with the pandemic there was like way more isolation right, right And way more, uh, you know, looking at people through screens. And I think that, so it's like, uh, maybe a little like if, if the magic of a lot of sci fi is predictions coming true, is this book actually maybe like t- tapping into something that's a, become, uh, increasingly relevant in society?
1: Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, the, uh, The alienation of people from society is uh, it's just increasing more and more. I mean, the pandemic happened, but also, you know, three economic collapses later um, from 2010 to now, uh, we are increasingly detached from, you know, having like a regular like job or society civilization and
0: you have to leave your house less yeah and the world has made it so it's possible to leave your house less which in some ways is you know nice and convenient but um maybe the Kilgore trout uh lesson is that interacting with the world with human beings in the world is is how you could pull yourself out of
1: right solipsism yeah which also i mean it's all of that plus the fact that we have self-serving algorithms that you know increasingly serve you what you like to know you know right uh so you it's harder and harder to get outside of your own personal perspective which is what Dwayne hoover is experienced he's his derangement from society is very similar to what it's like uh to just, like, living on your phone all day.
0: But what's funny is you're saying, like, this book itself in the, like, um, you know, looking at the zoom out of all of Vonnegut's work, you're saying that this book, he has a two... Like, for being self-aware enough to write a book about trying to pull yourself out of... Um,
1: Self-awareness. Yeah. Yeah. And, well,
0: so, so he's then... <laughs> unself aware enough to think that that isn't one of the most important themes yes yeah. exactly
1: uh which is it, it's even uh like the the final like conflict in the book is when duane hoover and kilgore trout meet because duane hoover is going increasingly nuts and he feels like if uh, cuz he's getting in fights with you know his close family he's estranged from his son because he's gay Uh, and he I think it's his first interaction with his son that makes him become introspective enough to go like I need to figure out what's wrong with me and how I'm going to solve it is going to this arts festival and talking to artists Uh because they understand humanity and he's on a collision course with Kilgore Trout who <laughs> hates humanity? Yeah, yeah, you know. And the book that Kilgore finds is—I um, uh, can't remember the title, but it's like "So You're Ready to Know" or, or something, something along those lines. Okay, uh, and it is a um, a story about a man who discovers that he is the only truly living person and that everyone else in society is a robot. So it's literally a solipsistic text. Okay. So, uh... And
0: this is what he's presenting about?
1: That's what he's presenting. Even though
0: he has found that it's very important to...
1: Well, he's started to know, because he's, like, met the truck driver and the the salesman and all of that. So Kilgore Trout is beginning to maybe warm up to the idea of talking to people. He's, in cre- he's, he's, not, uh, he's not reformed by the time that he gets to Ohio. Uh-huh. He's just like people curious. Right, okay. You know? <laughs> uh, but he's still, he has chosen uh, a book about how there's only one person in society that's real and everyone else is a useless robot. Um, he meets Dwayne Hoover at the, at the convention. They have like a, you know, a little like conversation and he's like, I really need to know the secrets. And he's like, ah, here, read my book. And he speed reads it in the parking lot. And then through his like own personal degradation, plus all the decisions he's been making, he decides that this book is actually the secret code about how no one else is real. And it's only Dwayne Hoover. Um, And then he gets into an extremely serious, uh, violent altercations with like everyone at the convention center.
0: Yeah. And he like ruins his life, right? Yes. Yeah.
1: Fully ruins his life. But that's when Kilgore Trout realizes that he has like power and responsibility.
0: Uh huh.
1: That's the, that's like the, the change. That's the final moment. He sees that, uh, His work does have an effect on people, and it could be positive or negative. Uh Uh-huh. And Kilgore Trout then fully changes his perspective on, like, mankind and humanity and becomes a uh, Nobel Prize winner and, uh, like, saves the world.
0: Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's a wild... What a wild... a, A wild tale, and it was... Where was it in the, like... You said it's after he writes his critical...
1: Yeah, it's after Slaughterhouse-Five. Uh-huh. It's, uh, it's, he spent, you know, he started on Breakfast of Champions, like, the moment that Slaughterhouse-Five was done, and then he spent, like, four or five years on, like, getting it. And he really did develop, like, it's the voice of Breakfast of Champions is, I, I think you would, there would be no, like, Dan Harmon without the yeah. the, like, mm-hmm. the reference to reference to reference uh, author as character, like all that stuff. Um, uh, so, like, Community and Rick and Morty, but then also like the Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, uh, like all of the. Or have you seen adaptation with mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage? No. Ah, I'll put that on. Okay, that's a that's a, a whole watch? thing. That's a really good watch, but it again deals with like an author writing a book in which they are their own character, um, and as far as like an impact on other creative people, I think that Breakfast of Champions is unmatched.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it is really, it is interesting how that can, so like one thing can stand is like the critical acclaim, but the thing that actually ends up resonating maybe for the longest period of time is, is a thing, is it a piece that the creator themselves felt wasn't?
1: Yeah, well, and I guess it is even. It's like the theme of, because Slaughterhouse Five is, uh, Cats Cradle and Slaughterhouse Five. Those are like anti-war books. Uh huh. You know, they're they're very like on their face, like war is dumb. Um, Breakfast of Champions is a anti-capitalist book. Yeah, y- it's a, it's a fully like a lot of the conversations that Kilgore Trout is having and. That Vonnegut is having with Kilgore Trout, uh, like throughout the throughout the book, is uh, are just theories on why America is falling apart in like a a post-war like economic system, and even within Vonnegut's own uh, like examination of like the importance of his work he's like, all of my anti-war stuff did nothing to change people's minds about war. Uh-huh. You know? Uh, but... What
0: is unable to maybe see...
1: See how Breakfast of Champions is actually like a Changed a lot a of hu- artists. Uh, has changed a lot of artists and also the the, like, examinations of what it means to be, like, an oil baron in the middle of Ohio and their, like, outsized influence on the lives of just like everyone around them and you know the the fail sun olympics uh how like the general like conversation that we're having now it as a society uh, you know with like quiet quitting and like you, all of that i think that that hinges way more on the perspective of a breakfast of champions rather than slaughterhouse 5 uh you know, yeah. as far as like cultural resonance.
0: Yeah, well, maybe um, it's just hard to convince people to not war. Convince <laughs> <laughs> right. people of everything but that one. Right. They sure love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, I think it's like a, that is an interesting. It's an interesting observation. I think you're right about the Dan Harmon. Like, I never really thought about that, but there's got to be. I mean, he has to be super, super inspired by. Right. Um, Vonnegut and.
1: Vonnegut, and then, like, Kilgore Trout, I, I mean, like, Rick is a pretty, like,
0: uh... You're saying Rick, Morty, Rick, Rick
1: right? and Morty. Rick and Morty, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rick Sanchez is a very, has a very similar outlook to humanity as a Kilgore Trout.
0: Uh-huh. And each episode sort of a mini of, of Rick maybe, like, flirting with humanity being... Being
1: all right. All right. Yeah. And then
0: maybe not, you know. Yeah, pulling back. <laughs> yeah, I guess each one is a little bit of a micro story of the same story.
1: <laughs> it's a good story. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, that's a good second half. That was a good it makes second me half. To re- reread that book, it's been a second.
1: I'm given this episode a B. Oh,
0: <laughs> well, that must mean that it's an A,
1: right? Because I'm experiencing it from within my the own creator. perspective.
0: Yeah, I don't know. You tell us. Email us. Um a ranking, please. Uh at yes. I don't heart radio pod at gmail.com. Um you can uh, uh subject line.
1: Wide open beavers.
0: W- what what? <laughs> wide open beavers? Is that's your the breakfast
1: line? of champ oh. he, it's all it's all in the porno right. mags, okay. and then he okay. Kilgore Trout is constantly like, ah, wide open beavers. Wide Good open issue.
0: beavers, subject line, and then um, you know, in the content of your Email, please tell us a uh, band that you think we should cover on the show because we like hearing new music and it's, uh, you know, it's fun when you send it our way. How can you be so-